For most small business owners, self-organization working from home feels like a challenge, right? All those distractions, people interrupting you because, well, you're there. Let's dive into part three and I'm sharing also my free checklist. So you'll have a handy resource for all 21 practical ways that I've shared in the series. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello, everyone. Good to have you back. Are you ready for the third and final part of our little series on empowering self-organization to create more fun, flow and freedom in your business? I'll assume you're saying, yes, give me more ideas. So let's jump right in. You already learned the essence of decluttering your distractions. We kicked off with this in part one. Because organizing your environment and personal or household chores will grant you more time to focus on your business. But you also need a few rules to keep you and those around you understanding why just because you're home doesn't mean you're not working. So in part two, we looked at ways to reduce stress and conflict while having routines. How did you get on planning that out? Do you have some definite things you can start with? If not, then that's okay. At the end of this episode, I'll share a free resource. You'll be able to use it as a checklist to make your self-organization plan a lot easier. Just think how nice and energized you'll feel walking into your totally organized office, ready to tackle the day. You might already have these ideas set up, but it's worthwhile to take notes and implement or revise as needed. Getting good at self-organization is a real game changer for protecting your headspace improving your workflow and increasing productivity for your business. Now in part three, we're going to make sure your good intentions get implemented well. So our focus for today is on setting work from home boundaries. Boundaries are vital to ensure your homeworking is protected and your days flow smoothly. I want to share with you some ways you can create stronger boundaries around your work from home self-organization plan. It's not about being mean and denying access to you for the people in your life or ignoring messages. Neither is it about learning to say no. It's about being clear and communicating when you're available and able to be fully present outside of your business and family commitments. So here's five ways that you can create a less stressful business day by building clear boundaries for working from home. Number one. Set business hours. It sounds a bit daft. You know, we got into business for ourselves because we don't want to work a nine to five. So I don't mean nine to five business hours. I mean hours that you are protecting for your business. And all businesses have set hours. And just because you work for yourself or your business is completely online doesn't mean you have to be working 24 seven. Nor does it mean that you can't take a couple of hours off in the middle of the day to do family things. Just plan for it as much as you can. Set business hours and stick to them. 
And when your brain becomes accustomed to when you're working and when you're not, you'll find it easier to get started in the morning and to shut down at night. You can even put this information into your Google Calendar and share it with your family so they know when you're in do not disturb mode. Share your business hours with friends too, so they're not calling you or WhatsApping you to chat for hours during the productive parts of your day. Number two is give everything in your office a home. If you don't have a designated spot for something, find one. This will make the daily 15-minute cleaning of your office a lot easier. Do you really need photos or mementos cluttering your desk space? Use your vertical wall space to hang up vision boards, photos, inspirational quotes and awards. Bookcases will also work to store those sentimental items. There's a saying that's attributed to Albert Einstein, although I think it came from someone else in fact. An organised desk is an organised mind. Anyway, Einstein had a very cluttered desk by all accounts and it spurred some very interesting research on the links between clutter and intelligence. One would expect someone of Einstein's superior intellect to have designed all manner of organisational tricks and systems to keep his brain as clutter-free as possible. Einstein apparently said, if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, of what then is an empty desk a sign of? I don't think decluttering is about keeping a clean desk, but the messy ones will argue that a lot of intellectuals use space to organise information, and even though it looks disorganised, they know where everything is. In some cases, sure, a messy desk may be a sign of genius, but for most, it's more likely hindering rather than helping our productivity. Which brings us to number three, embrace minimalism. Do all the books on your bookshelf serve a purpose or have special meaning to you? Do you have an old printer or shredder that you don't use or doesn't work and it's just sitting around? Give yourself permission to throw those broken items out. Donating unused items is noble, but be honest about whether or not you have the time to list things on Facebook Marketplace, or will these things sit in a corner of your office, making the clutter even worse? Number four is create a routine to transition from business time to home time. Now, this is an interesting one because sometimes it's really hard to tear yourself away or you knew you'd given yourself till five o'clock and then you had to go run an errand or you had to do something and you're still sitting there at half past five and then you feel rushed and stressed and it just doesn't work. So you really need to build in some time where you wind down from what you're doing, make some notes so that you can pick it up more quickly in the next day or in a couple of hours and so then you, when you transition back into work after being away, it's not quite as cold a start and you don't waste time then trying to join the, the work times up. What can you do at the end of each work day to signal it's time to switch to home mode? Many people find it beneficial to look ahead to tomorrow's calendar to notice any meetings or project due dates. Take this time as well to prioritize your top three activities and schedule time for them if you haven't done so already. If you're more of a to-do list person, start your to-do list for the next day before you shut the door tonight and enforce those business hour boundaries so you can be fully present with your family and or friends instead of being distracted with business stuff and things on your mind. Here's a sample routine that won't take a lot of time, but will prepare you for a relaxing evening without work. Light a candle, meditate for five minutes. Now, 
two or three minute starter if you're not a meditation type of person yet. Clean your desk for 15 minutes. Maybe it only takes five or 10, depending on how organized and cluttered you are right now. And turn off your computer and put it away or close your office door. The same with notifications on your phone. And that's our number five, switch off notifications on your mobile phone. You can actually set it up with a do not disturb. You can set the hours for this as well on your phone. And I know that this last one's becoming harder and harder as we all seem to be connected and on call more and more as our lives are increasingly digitized. But if you can manage to do this, just try it out, first of all, and you'll be amazed how much lighter you feel. Now, if you can, refrain from blue light, so that's looking at your phone, at least 30 minutes before you go to bed, an hour if you can handle it. It can take a fair few days to feel benefits kick in, but you'll see how much difference it makes to how you feel as your head hits the pillow. The next area that I want to talk about in terms of setting boundaries, working from home, is actually around compartmentalizing your finances. It seems a bit of a jump, but yeah, let's talk about money. Because money talk is often a stressor for people and couples and business partners. Many people have got good at creating boundaries around finance conversations that actually aren't helpful. They internalize a lot of worry and anxiety about money. But knowing exactly how much money you're earning and how it's being spent is critical to staying out of debt and running a profitable business. Creating separate budgets for home and business is a must. Otherwise, you end up spending and spending without any real understanding of what things cost or what's attributed to the business. Without this basic knowledge, you'll live paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, more accurately invoice to invoice, and get stressed every time a bill comes due. If you already have a budget in place, take some time to look it over and be sure the prices haven't increased. If not, get started now with sorting out all your expenses and earnings. It's a must for making life more fun, flowy and happy. So there's a few things here that you might consider. Number one, use a budgeting software so you can see where your money is going each month. Mint is a popular choice and can be accessed via desktop and smartphone. You'll find dozens of other budgeting apps, so do some research and choose the one that fits your needs. Knowing exactly how much you have to spend at any moment will help you make better purchasing decisions. Number two is to automate as much of your finances as possible. Bill payments, subscriptions, retirement savings and other investments are easy to set up. However, still keep track of which bills are due on what dates so you don't run into an overdraft problems or additional fees. Setting it and forgetting it saves time unless you don't have the money in the account when these payments are due. Number three is to set savings goals. Experts tell us that having an emergency savings fund is an extremely important part of managing your stress and not worrying about money. And you want to know that you can provide for your family in the event of a catastrophic emergency or loss of a major contract. Have you figured out exactly how many months your savings account would last with your current expenditures? Set your savings goals and then set up an automatic transfer with your bank that takes this money right out of your revenue. Number four is to consider opening a retirement account or other investment account. Retirement is never as far away as it seems, and the more time you have to plan for it, the better off you'll be. A financial advisor can help you determine how much money you should aim for, as well as setting up a retirement or investment account. 
They're also willing to answer questions as they arise and should offer an annual review of your account to determine if you're on track with your goals or if something needs to be changed. Number five is to implement financial Fridays with your spouse or partner. Now, if you're not the type of person who's checking their bank accounts every day, or if you are the one who pays all the bills each month, try setting up a weekly money date where you check all your bank accounts, figure out how much you have, how much came out this week and how much will come out in the next week and how's business going in relation to that. This is going to give you peace of mind as you go about the following week. Now, all of this sounds very like ideal situation, right? I understand that completely, but these are things that I know that when you put them in place, they make you feel a lot more in control of everything and financial boundaries are the easiest to cross. So although we're creating boundaries to reduce stress, reduce distractions and to clearly communicate when we're available for non-work things going on in our life, it's also important to create or to take away boundaries that we've created around our money mindset. The next area to look at is to implement an ideal weekly schedule. So that's probably something that we're a lot more familiar with than the financial discussion, but you probably can't implement every single routine or idea here right away. And what you can do is set up your ideal weekly schedule. Have you ever done the exercise called your ideal day? This is where you put on your daydreaming hat and you dream about what would you do if you had a perfect day? What would make you happy and joyful? What would make you jump out of bed and get ready to start? This exercise is quite similar, but it's more grounded in your current reality. Here, you're examining your week and all the tasks you think have to get done. The schedule includes carved out time for each area of your life that's important to you. It's how you make sure all of these routines you want to put in place actually happen, at least more often than not. Here's how to get started setting an ideal schedule for your week. Number one, track your time every day for a week. You're going to make note of everything you do in a week. Seriously, write it down. Use a timer app like toggle.com or Clockify or put it in the notes or on a Google sheet, whatever works best for you. But if you track it, you'll really be able to see how you're spending your time. It's absolutely invaluable. Um, I'll put the links to those tools in the show notes for you. Number two is review your list then at the end of the week. Which of these tasks must be done without fail each week? And which tasks did you not get to this week that you'd like to go into your ideal week? Number three is to examine why some tasks didn't get done. If you get bored or found yourself procrastinating, there's an important reason why. If these tasks are vital to your business success, consider outsourcing to a VA or other specialist so you can get them off your desk. Number four, develop an ideal weekly schedule in your calendar or your favorite calendar planning app. Block out time for it all. That's from meal planning and prepping, cleaning, self-care, home tasks, business tasks, etc. And then just play around by moving the blocks around. Make sure that you're doing your best to estimate how much time realistically each one's going to take and then revisit it in future weeks. And once you get the hang of all of this, the chances are high that you won't need to spend as much time on that task 
of actually blocking it out and organizing it. You'll just be adjusting and refining. And it allows you to do more things with your business or your free time with your family when you're organized like this. Blocking time in your calendar. I do this all the time and everything's color coded. I'm a little bit OCD on this because it works so well for me. And it's an incredible way of creating those boundaries so that you wind up and wind down, that you're putting the blocks in the time of the day when your energy is right for the task that you're doing. So for me, it's been an absolute game changer. And yeah, I I can't imagine actually going through my week without having that in place. So number five is do your best to follow your schedule each week, right? So it's great. You do all the planning, you do the time blocking, you do the color coding, and then you don't stick to it. You know, like you go over and certainly I've had weeks where I've probably overestimated things. And so certain tasks that are not quite as urgent or important, I just end up dragging them from day to day to day. And it follows me around until I like, I'm going to get this off my desk because it's like, I've got to get it done. Um, so sometimes those are the tasks that are difficult to do or you don't like doing. And other times it's just a task that actually, if you delay, you end up not actually needing to do it at all. <laughs> it's a tactic that I learned a while ago. So I have four Ds. I've talked to my clients about this. And the four Ds are do, delay, delegate, or delete. So certain tasks, sometimes you just can get rid of. You just don't need them there cluttering up your diary. So the delegate one is a great one. If you are working with a VA, if you're thinking, well, what things do I need to do? Um, and what things can I plan to hand over to that person? So let me just recap the five things. One, track your time every day for a week. Two, review your list at the end of the week. Three, examine why some tasks didn't get done. Four, develop an ideal weekly schedule in your calendar. And five, do your best to follow your schedule each week. And then tweak as you go along. So those are the five things. And if you still feel overwhelmed after you've planned this, ideal week after you've done this ideal week exercise then prioritize which of these routines is the most important to you at this moment and focus on that so for me you know the ideal weekly schedule in my calendar has been the thing that really helps me the most and really being aware of what I'm moving around in that calendar so number five like whether I'm following it or not has been quite an important way to judge whether I'm prioritizing correctly, whether I'm giving the right amount of time and whether or not there's things that I just really don't like doing. And so they always get pushed aside. So I'm constantly reviewing and refining and improving my method. And it's, it just, people say to me, how are you so organized? How do you get so much done? And those five things are really at the heart of how I achieve what I achieve. Because For me, setting boundaries by tracking what's in my calendar and what needs to be in my calendar is super important. It's my superpower. Now, look, I will say approach this method in a way that's going to help improve your life, not stress you out even more. If you decide to set business hours and eliminate all distractions during those times, then focus on doing that for as long as it takes to create a new habit that timing differs for everyone. 
For example, test out your business routine for a month before considering adding a new routine. Just do it slowly. Likewise, if you already have one of these routines in place, continue with that and add something small like a morning or evening routine. Or simply commit to washing and cutting your produce each week. These options can start small. And if you feel the need, you can add more tasks to the routine at a later date. When setting boundaries for working from home, it's not just you who has to adjust. It's your family and friends around you too. So don't go heavy all in laying down the law. It won't feel good. Say you need to make a few changes and other things will happen gradually over time. Seek that understanding. It should improve things not just for you and your business, but for everyone all around. Now, I'm going to finish up sharing how you can get a free checklist to help with all 21 superpower tips to create more fun, flow and freedom in your business. But first, how do you like to work with me? Now that you're ready to organize your life, home and business routines for a less stressful and distracted life, let me tell you about a special opportunity to use this self-organization to get a head start on your 2023 business goals. I'm opening up the Leverage Business Accelerator for those of you who have been asking about working with me and want to get started in January. You'll kick off with a super-focused strategy call where we'll explore your goals and set your sail. From there, we'll be co-creating your 90-day action plan. Those who have worked with me in this intensive know it's their best chance of getting things done and achieving way more than they would or have been going it alone. Business strategy and accountability are two things that are often missing for many of my clients who are sole traders or solo entrepreneurs. And I'll blow my own horn for a moment. I'm very good at strategy and action planning, which coupled with getting great results for my clients means you could finally get out of a cycle and start achieving what's truly possible for your business. By kicking off with a strong strategy conversation, you'll be certain that you're focusing your time and energy on the right things that will really move the needle in your revenue and vision of success. Sometimes we think we need more marketing tactics, but actually... Sometimes it's more about mindset or the mechanics of your business, the processes and systems that you have in place. So we really want to identify what are the bottlenecks for you. And what better way to jumpstart 2023 than enrolling? It's application only, and I'm only taking four people, five if I get great candidates. You book a free strategy discovery call first of all, and we can talk through whether this is right for you and if you're ready for acceleration. Just go to the website at jallison.com forward slash contact me forward slash scheduler and book the free business accelerator strategy discovery session. It's the first appointment type in the list. And this is how you can get momentum going early in the new year. It's going to keep you focused on the right things to move your business forward and help you stay accountable to getting stuff done. We work together super closely. Once we've got your strategic plan pinned down, we meet weekly to go through the detailed implementation, deal with questions that come up, brainstorm and problem solve any issues, whether mindset or mechanical or technical or tactical. We're going to celebrate successes along the way too. It's a partnership. You can find more out about the program if you go to jallison.com forward slash isuccess forward slash LBA. LBA being Leverage Business Accelerator. And if you'd like to chat through where you're at and whether LBA is a fit, or just to experience what it's like to have me as your business coach, now it's time to book a call. And listen, 
on the podcast, I'm doing all the talking, but on the call, I'm going to be asking questions. I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be synthesizing. So we're building on your strengths and focusing on what the barriers are and how to remove them. So once we've got all the options, then we can decide on the best next steps so that you're putting your best foot forward. And look, I genuinely don't have many slots open for these appointments because I'm also doing strategy calls with my Mirror Seat coaching clients in January. So really, I encourage you to go grab an appointment as soon as possible. Go to my website, jallison.com and click on the contact me page right now and choose the first option for a free business accelerator strategy discovery call. It's a 30 minute call. You'll be amazed how much clarity you'll get from our conversation. And again, I'm only taking four to five personal clients for the next 90 day accelerator. So if you want to coach with me and see how fast you can go with my support, let's hop on a call, find out where you're at and where you're stuck and get you focused on what's going to propel your business over the next few months. Thanks everyone. And let me know how you got on developing your self-organizational superpowers. I promised you a free work from home self-organization checklist that you can use to build out your plan. As I said, start with a handful and add more as you feel it gathering strength. Go to jlsn.com and you'll find it in the list of free stuff under the Academy menu. And I will share the direct link in the show notes for this episode as well. You'll need to opt in to download it. And if you prefer, you can print it out. Uh, if you like that, that kind of thing on a physical piece of paper as a checklist that you can use your pen on. You can find all the episodes and links to show notes via leveragebusinesspodcast.com or jallison.com forward slash podcast. And that's it from me for today, the end of our three-part mini-series. It's gone so quick. I hope that it's been useful to you. I've loved um, putting all of this stuff down on paper, digitally, of course, uh, of things that I do in my business and in my life to stay sane, basically. So have yourself a wonderful wonderful New Year's Eve celebration as we go into 2023. I wish you all the best and success ahead. Ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.